So I could have saved him $2 million, but he didn't even realize it back then. But yesterday he did. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I share mindset, lifestyle, and business hacking tips, tools, and some painful lessons along my journey from growing my businesses, and also working with some of the top entrepreneurs, business leaders, and professional athletes. Driven Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. I'm Michael Mojo, founder of Mojo Human Performance Institute, where we give people the tools and the self-power to get out there and to kick ass in both their business and their life. And we do that through specialized mental performance tools and also business hacking tools as well. So people can create the lifestyle that they want. Now, the reason why I do these episodes is that most people waste their life and I just don't want you to be one of them. So let's talk about a conversation that I had yesterday with a client. So this client is a fairly new client, has come to me, quite a successful bunch of businesses, probably around eight to $10 million turnover per year. Let's talk about some of the conversations that have had, which I think will help most people listening to this as well, because we're talking about how different people make decisions and how people think through things. And so yesterday we're having this conversation because he's known about me for a fair while and some of his friends come and do some of our events and they're also business owners. And they said to this person for a long, long time, you should come along to the event, come and check it out. You know, maybe you should do some work with this guy. And him and his ex-wife, they would sit around and talk shit about their friends for coming and doing our events and our seminars and especially like our mindset events and some of our business events and things like that as well. Now, they were making judgments and criticisms on what I do and also what their friends were doing, even though they were trying to improve themselves. And yesterday we were just talking and he said to me, he said, you know, look, our friends told us about you ages ago. And we said, nah, it's all like, it's not our thing. We don't want to do it. And he said, actually, when our friends left, we actually took the piss out of you and them. And we said, like, why would anyone do that? What a waste of money. What a waste of time. You know, they're just getting taken for a ride. And he said, we justified the reasons why they were doing stuff with you. And he said, we didn't even really know anything about you. He said, all I knew was that most motivation people, most coaches that I know are full of shit. He said, you know, I've got a person that I know who she worked in operations in a large business. She was 24 or 25, went and did a life coaching course. And then now all of a sudden she is a business coach. And he said, I'd never go to work for business advice. She's never run a business, never had a business. And he said, she convinces all these business owners to give her money. And he's like, of course she does well because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. And so they go to her because they don't know any better. And she does better than what she did financially in working in her business operations role. But at the same time, she doesn't really understand what it takes to run a business because she's always worked for a large organization. So he said, we just naturally put you into that category of being bullshit. He said also the whole motivation thing and jumping up and down and high-fiving people and you know you get all hyped up. He goes, I know that that's crap. And so he said, I just naturally put you in those two boxes. You're the motivation guy who does businessy stuff and you're probably full of shit. Him and his ex-wife would sit around and criticize what I was doing and what their friends were doing by coming to our events. And he said, do you know, if I would have realized what you do back then, you would have saved me $2.1 million. Now I've spoken about this on some other episodes as well, but he said, you would have saved me $2.1 million, $100,000 in legal fees and $2 million that I've got to give now to my ex-wife because of our divorce. And he said, you know, if I had just been a bit more open-minded and wasn't as ignorant, and he said, you know, I was stupid. Like I thought I was the man, like I thought I was smart enough. He said, you know, I could just compare to everyone to my business. He's like, I've got a $10 million business. If you don't have more money than I do, I would just naturally think that, you know, why would I listen to you? Because you've got nothing of value to offer me. And he said, but now I realize from your tools that you've taught me just in today's session so far, that 
there is so much of a gap because my mindset affects my business so heavily that I could have had maybe a $20 million business by now if I had have just been more open-minded. And he said, I would compare your business to my business and go, well, I'm better than you. Instead of looking at your business and going, well, you enjoy what you do. You've got a great lifestyle. All of the stuff that I don't have, like I go to work and I'm very just numb because the only thing I focus on is money. And so he said, you know, maybe I would have been better off in life from my relationship standpoint because I would have still had my marriage. My kids would have grown up in an environment where both myself and my ex-wife were together. Maybe that would have helped and benefited their future. You know, maybe I'd just be more open-minded. And he said, I don't even have a lot of friends or a lot of people close to me because I just naturally push people away all the time because I'm just a prick and I'm arrogant and I'm ignorant. And he said, you know, this is the first time I've really opened up about this stuff. The whole marriage separation thing really made me question myself because I always thought that I had everything together and I'd figure everything out. And because business was successful, I thought my life was successful. But he said, I came to realize after she left, for someone who made less money than what I do, a lot less, you know, we're talking under $100,000 a year, you know, less. When she left for someone like that, and then my kids have been sort of partially taken away from me where I can only spend a couple of days a week when they were there every day. And we would go on family holidays and stuff like that. He's like, I don't have that now. Now I'm out dating and I've got to go through the dating scene. And, you know, this stresses me out as well because, you know, I just want a relationship with someone that I can get along with. And he said, maybe if I hadn't been so ignorant and so stupid and just been more open-minded to the possibility of what I could have been instead of what I was, maybe things would have still been together. And I just thought it's really interesting and why I wanted to share that conversation was that I find it's really interesting that most people in life think that they'll figure it out by themselves. And they don't go out there and look for people who can help them do better. Like I have a personal trainer. And even though I have a background in strength conditioning, so I'm a qualified strength conditioning coach. I'm a qualified Pilates instructor. I did personal training for nine years or whatever. And I was earning a large amount of money and I was quite good. I used to go around and train other trainers. We had courses and stuff that I would teach to other trainers. And I was working with medical centers and I did work in a medical center for three years doing physical rehabilitation. So my knowledge is very high in that area. And you know that's probably another strength that I have in regards to teaching and learning. So I love physical performance and physical health. But what I realized when I was doing all that stuff is that mindset was the biggest factor. Like if you can give someone the perfect gym program, but if they don't follow it and their mindset gets in the way and they're eating shit all the time, or they're not committed to it, then they're not gonna get the results. That's where I realized that everything you do in life is really about 90% psychology and about 10% the rest of the strategy and the implementables. Whereas most people spend their life in 100% implementables and then wonder why they can't get ahead, but they've got all these sabotage patterns, they've got all these you know, crappy behaviors that stop them, they self-destruct, they procrastinate, they waste time, they waste money, they don't know what to focus on, they compare themselves to others, and every time you compare yourself to somebody else who's doing better or your perception of better, you naturally put yourself down, which then lowers your self-confidence, it lowers your self-worth, so you're less likely to achieve the results that you're capable of. That's why I realized that. You know, When I was talking to him yesterday, I said, you know, I still have a personal trainer, not because I don't know what I'm doing, but because you get to a point in your life where when you're skilled at something, you need someone looking from the outside in to help you fine tune. Like professional athletes don't need a coach, but they have a coach because it's all about refinement. And this is the problem that most people face, right? That if you've hit rock bottom and let's say you have no idea what you're doing in life, you can take advice from anybody because anything's going to be better than rock bottom. You know, you can take advice if you're a drug addict or an alcoholic and you've lost all your money and you don't know what to do. 
any advice is better advice than probably what you're getting at the moment or what you're giving yourself. So the majority of society who live in the average zone or the mediocre zone, I call it the mediocre zone, and enjoy being mediocre. They enjoy fitting in. They enjoy just doing what everybody else does. They want to make sure that they're accepted and all that sort of stuff. When they sit in that mediocre zone, which is the average zone, it's just the zone where all the averages fit. Now, if you want to achieve a lot more, you're going to have to go above average because like, if you just look statistically, like right now, the majority of this population, like there is more people who are obese and overweight in Australia than are in a healthy weight range. So I think it's like 62% of Australians or something like that last time I checked. Now that statistic may have changed and I hope that it has, but about 62% of Australians are obese or overweight from memory. If you aren't obese and overweight, you're in a smaller group of individuals than the obese group. So in Australia, average is obese and overweight. Now, the majority of Australians live week to week or live on credit, so they actually have no money and they have no savings at all in their bank. So if you want to fit into that average pool and you want to be accepted and you want everyone to like you and you want everybody to get along and understand you, then you're going to be in that average zone. If you step out and you start making good money, then average people are going to probably judge you, criticize you, or give you shitty advice. Why? Because you're doing something different than the population does. If you're someone who consistently trains and exercise, you're probably going to hear things like you train too much, you worry too much about your diet, you know, everything's about exercise, you know, why do you take it so serious? Because you're taking advice from average people and you're going above average, you're doing something different. So this is what I was explaining to him yesterday, that if you want to live average or below, or you are below average in any area of life, then you can probably take the advice of the general population and it works. And so for most people who are in there, they go and see a coach or they go and get a trainer or they go and get business advice from someone who it doesn't matter. Like you can go get business advice from a shit business coach or someone who's never really run an effective business and they're probably gonna give you okay advice if you're just starting out. Now, will that work long-term, especially if your business keeps growing? Probably not. If you go to a normal psychologist, psychiatrist, mental health professional, and they're someone who lives an average life and they've gone and gone and got a university degree and they just go and do what they've done and they just repeat the same shit as everybody else does, and their whole job is to diagnose you with some fucking condition and put you in a box. And then other than that, you ask them what tools do you have? And it's normally either consistently talk about the problem or medicate yourself. And so that's the general advice in that industry. Now, I'm not saying that all psychologists and mental health practitioners fit into that box because there are great ones out there. But average, over the average, you're probably gonna get shitty advice. Now, look, if you've hit rock bottom and life's crap and you go and talk to someone and you consistently talk about your problems, will you feel better? 100% you will. Now, if you're medicated and you're consistently depressed or you know, you're wanting to commit suicide and all that sort of stuff, you've got chronic anxiety and that's just the way you operate and you're operating below average, does that stuff help? Yeah, it does. So there's a time and a place for it. But if you're someone who wants to go above the average and push harder than statistically what the general population is doing, then you need different advice and you need different advice for different reasons. And so the reason is that I want to be the best. I wanna get the best out of myself. I wanna do things above the average, which means you need above average advice. And you need to start fine tuning versus just doing what everybody else does and taking that same advice. When I walked into my doctor, the first time I walked in there, I sat down and he goes, his first question was, what's wrong and how can I help? And I said, there's nothing wrong. And he looked at me with a blank stare. And I said, I just wanna perform at my best. Like I'm here cause I wanna get my bloods done. I wanna get my hormones checked. And like, I want to be at the best. And he's like, cool, what do you do? And I told him, and I said, I'm on national tour. Like I go on tour quite a bit. This was before COVID. You know, I go on tour quite a bit where I might be away and I might do seven or eight locations in three weeks where essentially like I wake up in the morning, I might have to do an event today in Adelaide. Then I go and do a whole day of speaking. I finish off tonight. I hop on a plane tomorrow morning and I fly it to another location. We set up that location the following day I'm speaking. 
And I'm like, I do that for three weeks straight. So I have lots of flights. There's, you know, lots of hotel rooms. I'm trying to eat the best diet I can, but a lot of the time it's just whatever I can get on the run. A lot of it is very fast paced. It's high stress, high intensity. So I'm like, I need to be at my best. That's it. So, you know, like I supplement reasonably heavy with, you know, like I'll take things like vitamin B, vitamin B12, all these sort of things that I'll do. So I go and get vitamin injections. Now, I've had a whole bunch of people who come to me and they're like, well, you piss out most of that stuff anyway. And I go, cool. So if I just retain 5% and let's say I'm a bit low in vitamin B, which gives you energy. And let's just say I'm topping that up. I'm just topping it up by 5%. So I drop 5% and I keep it up. That means I'm running at 100% all the time versus the average population that by the time you go to the doctors and you're sick as fuck and you're in there and they've got to put a vitamin B12 shot in your ass, when they do that, that's normally because your levels are so low. So why do the majority of people and in the population just do shit like that? And why does medicine act like that? And why does psychology act like that? Because normally they're just trying to deal with problems. So they're just consistently dealing with problems because people allow problems to consistently expand in their life until they become a major problem. And then they have to deal with those. So the majority of the healthcare industry isn't healthcare. Like I fucking hate the term healthcare because our healthcare isn't healthcare. It's sick care. People go to hospital when they're sick. They don't go to hospital when they're healthy. Most people go to the doctors when they're sick, not because they want to perform at their best. Most people go to a psychologist when they've had a mental breakdown or their whole mindset has fucking destroyed their life or their business or their relationship. And so then they go to the psychologist. When their relationship falls apart, they go to a relationship therapist or whatever. They don't go to a relationship therapist after two years of dating and go, right, we want to have the best relationship. How do we do it? They don't go to the doctor or the healthcare professional and go, look, how do I optimize my performance? They don't come to someone like me or one of my events and go, how do I get the best out of myself? How do I get the best out of my life? How do I get the best out of my money? Because I want to consistently grow and expand and be better than the average. They won't. They'll wait until everything falls apart. And then, you know, some people contact me and they go, I don't have any money. And I'm like, well, cool. What do you want to do now? And they go, well, I'd want to come to one of your events and I need to change, but I don't have any money. And I'm like, well, cool. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to act like a charity now and just give you something for nothing, which is unfair on me because I've dedicated my life to being the best that I can and I make decisions that other people don't make, which is I invest in myself before I have a fucking problem, not just when I have a problem. So what do you want me to do? And I don't want to come across as a prick or arrogant, but it just all comes down to the decision-making skills that most people make. And that's because most people are trying to fit in and so they do what everybody else does. Most people just consistently wait until the shit gets really bad before they do anything. You know, I get business owners who reach out and they're like, my whole life is fucked. My business is fucked. I'm about to go bankrupt. What do I do? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, what do you want me to do? I would have preferred you come to me two years ago and say, hey, look, I want to keep growing my business. There's a whole bunch of things that I know are going to go wrong. How about you help me now to fix those things? Because I want you on my team. You don't have to always wait until there's a huge problem until you do something. And so this is what I was explaining to him yesterday. Like if you look at a professional athlete, like let's say Aussie rules football, or let's say something like a global sport like tennis. Why do tennis players have coaches? They wake up in the morning. They normally how to look after their nutrition. They know how to stretch. They know how to look after their flexibility. Recovery is important to them. So they'll look after their recovery in most cases. And they know how to hit a fucking tennis ball. So why do they have a coach? Why? Because the coach is there to fine tune them. Because they're not there to just be good at tennis. They're there normally to become world champions or the world's best. So they have a coach to fine tune. This is what goes on when you're above average. If I'm just a mediocre person who's never ever played tennis before and I get out on the tennis court and someone says, all you do is you bounce the ball and you fucking hit it across the net. Well, that's good advice. But as you become better and better and better, you're not now playing in that realm anymore where you're just hitting a ball across the net and having a quick hit with your cousin or your friend. 
you're actually going out there because you want to win and you're competing to win. Now, if you're a business owner or you're wanting to achieve more in any area of life, then you're probably competing to win. So like for me personally, when I wake up in the morning and go to the gym, I don't have to go to the gym because I don't need to lose weight or anything like that at the moment. I feel good about myself, but I go to the gym because it's important to me. I'm trying to better myself. So I have my personal trainer come. He looks from the outside in and goes, look, your training volume has been quite heavy the last couple of months. Let's now reduce it for four weeks before we go again. So he's looking from the outside in and he's fine tuning consistently. And that fine tuning keeps me accountable. It gives me something new to do. It also keeps me pushing forward. So as I turn 40 next year, I know that the majority of people who are 40 are probably pretty unhealthy. You know, if I just look around in general, 62%, let's say, of the population are obese or overweight. I'm already in the top 42% of the population because I'm not obese or overweight. And then when I also have a look at my physical fitness, my strength, all of that stuff, I go, shit, I'm actually doing pretty well. So I'm probably in the top 10%. Now, could I do better? Yeah, if I committed my life to exercise and stuff like that, like some of my friends do, who are bodybuilders and shit like that, they have way better bodies. Some of my friends who do CrossFit quite heavy in their 40s, they're fitter. But for my lifestyle, I want to perform in multiple areas. So I have a relationship coach that Jess and I go to like every couple of months, every three to six months to just talk about our relationship because there are things that they can see that I can't see that when we're in it every day, we can't see. So they give us stuff to work on or you know, communication tools that will help. I have my healthcare professionals that I go to for that reason. I still have a coach to work on my mindset and they charge an absolute fucking fortune. You know, your hair would fall out if I told you what I pay them. Like I charge a lot, but they charge a lot more than what I do because they are also at a global level where they travel around and do this shit full time. I'm at a level as well where I get to work with some pretty amazing people, but you know, their business is turning over probably 15, $20 million more a year. So their time is way more valuable than what mine is at the moment. So I pay them for that time. My point is, is it depends where you want to sit as to how you want to make decisions. If you want to be average or below, then keep making average and below decisions. If you want to live a life where you're performing at your best consistently in multiple areas of life, then you've got to make decisions like that. Your decision-making skills shouldn't come from dealing with problems all the time. It should come from, am I living up to my own expectations? Am I achieving my mission? Am I on track with my goals? Or do I consistently sort of struggle a little bit to push as hard as what I know that I have the capacity to become? Because when you do that, and you make decisions like that, your life is gonna consistently get better, you're gonna grow, you're gonna become more highly skilled, and plus you're gonna get great information really, really rapidly, instead of having to go through a long, long time of trial and error or learning stuff, which then wastes a lot of time. And most people waste the majority of their life just trying to figure this out. You know, I had a young girl come up to me at one of my events, my Thrive Time event years ago, and she said, oh, Michael, I'm just wondering, you know, where you got all this information from? And I said, it's like 20 years of working with people, plus it's my whole life I've been, you know, observing people and watching how they do things. And so I've been really inquisitive. Plus I've spent over a million dollars on study. I've traveled around the world. I've worked with the best people that I can possibly find in all areas from like neuroscience to psychology, all of this sort of stuff. And I'm always trying to find new stuff to learn and new people to learn from. And I'm trying to find the best of the best so that I can keep improving my skills. And so I said, a lot of this stuff I've learned from other people and then I've sort of congregated and molded the information that I share, which is why Thrive Time, there's no event on the planet like it. Some people go, oh, you know, I've got a friend who does something similar to you. And I'm like, yeah, similar. But a Holden Commodore or a Datsun or a old Nissan isn't the same as a Ferrari. They both have four wheels and doors, but they're different. They're not the fucking same, right? But a lot of people do it because they like to categorize and box things like, there's a difference between a personal trainer who's just come out of a 12-week personal training course 
and someone who has been at an elite level for their whole life as a professional athlete and now works as a personal trainer and they've been doing it for 20 years and have studied strength conditioning, rehabilitation, psychology or mental performance tools and nutrition because they want to help get the best out of someone. They're completely different. They're not in the same category. But people like to categorize people in all industries. And if you're listening to this, you probably understand because if you're a plumber, there's the average plumber and then there's good plumbers. If you're a therapist, there are average therapists and then there are great therapists. So every industry has about 10 to 20% of people who are extremely good at what they do. And then there's a gauge of all different types of people who normally specialize in different areas. And then there's just the majority of shit in any industry. And that's the same for everything. So when I was talking to this person yesterday, we were talking about this stuff around how now, if you want to perform at a high level, you need to make different decisions. And decisions of people who want to achieve at a high level comes from optimization. And so you hire a coach or you hire a trainer or you hire experts to optimize. Whereas when you're average and below average, you're hiring people to help you to solve problems because everything is just fucked up. And so that's very, very common for the majority of the population. And even a lot of people in my family, they say things like, you know, why do people come to your events? And I'm like, well, normally there's a whole group of people who are looking at optimization and getting the best out of themselves. You know, these are the business owners that are already doing reasonably well and are probably in the top, you know, five to 10% of business owners, considering if you look statistically, like you're in the top, I think 5% or maybe even less, maybe it's 2%. If you make over $2 million a year, I think it's 52% of businesses don't last more than four years. And then also, if you have a look statistically, if you've got more than four staff, you're in the top at least 50%. But let's say, you know, it's, I can't even remember what the statistics are, but it's in the top 20%. If you hire more than four staff, it might even be the top 10% or 8%. I can't remember what those statistics are. But most businesses are under four staff and haven't lasted more than four years. So if you've got a business that's over four years and you've got more than four staff and you've got a turnover of over $2 million a year, then you're probably in the top, you know, one to 2% of all businesses in this country. Now, for some business owners, they go, well, that's not hard to do. And I know that, but it's for a lot of other businesses, they struggle to get there. So my point is, is that, you know, when I was explaining this to my family, we get a whole bunch of people who come along because they're looking to optimize. They're looking to consistently improve because they've got their goals and they base their decisions and their life choices on their goals, what they have the capacity to become, what they're dreaming of. So they make decisions based on those things. And then I said, there's a whole bunch of other people who, you know, maybe they've hit rock bottom or maybe their relationship's fallen apart or maybe they're struggling financially or, you know, and they're sick of struggling and they want to get out of that and they want to get into thriving more in life. And so you, most people in life make decisions in desperation, not inspiration. And so, you know, when I explain this to them, there's a bunch of people who come along because they're inspired to be the best that they can be. And there's a bunch of people who are desperate because they've hit rock bottom or they have problems in their life or there's chaos or their relationship falls apart or, you know, financially they keep going around in circles or they're up to their third or fourth business that's failed. And so, you know, I said there's a bit of both. But the great thing about both of those two types of people is they're smart enough and aware enough to realize that things don't get better unless they get better. Nothing changes unless they change their psychology and their decision-making skills and the way that they think about their life. Hence why they come to an event like Thrive Time for that exact reason. And that's also the reason why my life has thrived, I guess, because once I built that event and put all those tools together, well, actually, I built those tools for myself because I kept going through ruts. I kept falling apart. I kept procrastinating. I probably spent more time invested in procrastinating than I did investing in my own mission and purpose and values. I mean, essentially, we invest our time where we perceive that it's important. Now, most people are investing their time in procrastinating or investing their time in self-sabotage or investing their time in just wasting it and distracting themselves. And so most people don't think about their time as being an investment. And so because of that, they just waste it. And most people do the same with money. Like if money is something that you invest, then it should create a greater return. Whereas if you depreciate it and you put it into shit that devalues, then you're going to waste it. And most people, if you look at them, if you just ask someone to make a decision, 
And you say, look, if you want to grow and you want to grow your life, you need to work on your mindset and you need to work on the way you think about things. Most people will tell you that, oh, you know, it's expensive, blah, blah, blah. So what they see is they see their mindset and psychology as a depreciating item instead of an appreciating item. So if someone pays two grand today and they can go and make an extra 10 grand this year, they're already eight grand up. That's an investment. And over time that compounds. Whereas most people, they see it as, shit, I've got to spend two grand or I've got to spend 20 grand. Because of that, they see it as being a liability, not an investment. And then normally they don't do anything. But then at the same time, they'll waste time and time is their most valuable asset. If you are more productive and you can do things at a faster rate and you think more effectively and you reduce your self-sabotage patterns and you reduce procrastination, you're going to get more out of yourself each and every week. If you do that over a time period of, let's say, 10 years, you're going to be way further forward than the average population. Whereas if most people keep doing what everyone else does, over time, their life depreciates. So as most people get older, their life ends up more shit. It's sad to say it that way, but that's the truth. Like I'm not going to you know, pull my punches here. But if you have a look at most people's life, it normally peaks around 25 to 29. And then after that, it just turns to shit and it goes downhill. You know, they have kids and they go, well, kids are great. Yeah, but at the same time, they cost you more money. You've got to do more shit. So you've got to start giving up your dreams. Or it's harder to live your dreams, especially financially, if you've got kids. Kids can be an amazing thing. So I'm not criticizing people who have them. But what I'm saying is after you have kids, things become a lot harder because your decision-making now isn't just your decisions. It affects the kids and the family dynamic as well. That makes it harder. Now, if you're in a job and you've got kids and you've got the house with a white picket fence and you've gone, yes, I've made it. Well, you haven't for very long because after a while you go, fuck, I want to leave my job, but I'm trapped, but I can't leave my job because now I've got to pay for the kids. They've got school. You know, I don't want to let them down. My partner also as well, like, you know, we're both pretty tight with money. We want to go on one holiday a year. And so now because of that, you're just in the rat race for the rest of your life unless you make a different decision. And so it can be extremely hard. So most people after about 25 to 29, their life just goes downhill, like financially, really things don't get any better than struggling. Health-wise, most people don't get any better than just sort of cruising along with their health. And over time, they just slowly creep on the kilos and they slowly get more unfit and they slowly get more sick. And so if you have a look, like you go to most hospitals or you go to most medical centers, you just walk into the local doctor. The majority of people there are normally, you know, of 40 years and older or 50 years and older. Why? Because most people's health turns to shit as they age. Now, aging, there is a natural progression or a natural change that happens. But most people, it happens way faster than what it needs to because of their lifestyle choices and because of the stress and the pressure they consistently have around the choices they've made. So there are a lot of people out there who are aging extremely fast. Like there are 16, 70 year olds now running marathons, but they're like the 0.00001% of people. You know, there are extremely fit and healthy people out there in their 60s and 70s who very rarely have to go to the doctors and very rarely have to be on medication. But the majority of people over 40 are normally starting to get more and more medicated. They go to the doctors more frequently. They have more and more disease or lifestyle-related diseases starting to pop up, whether it be diabetes, heart conditions, you know, stress-related illnesses. So these things start to happen as they age because of the decision-making skills that they don't have and that they don't acquire. And so this is what I was explaining to him about the differences in your decision-making. And so I said back in those days, you know, originally when you were with your partner, you saw these decisions and you saw your friends making these decisions. You're like, what a fucking waste of time. Why would you waste that money? Your life is okay. But because you keep making choices on life being okay, it's okay until it's not okay, which is now why you've got a $2 million settlement that you've got to finish up on your divorce. And then also you've got $100,000 in legal fees and that court case isn't finished yet. So it might be 150. Now, if you had invested in optimization and you optimize your relationship, 
you both optimize your mindset. I said to him, if you invested 100 grand with me, and let's say you invested 100 grand over 12 to 24 months, and both of you worked with me one-on-one, did some more courses, came to some of our business events and all that stuff, where would you be now? And he looked at me and he smiled and he said, Michael, hindsight is a beautiful thing. And I think we both know the answer to that question. Really, our ability to make good decisions and our ability to think differently in life is the thing that separates the dreamers from the achievers. You know, there are a lot of people out there who dream about things, but they don't do shit. You know, when I speak to most people, they'll say, I want to be financially independent. And you ask them, what have you done this week to get ahead financially? And they're like, fuck, I don't know. I'm always broke. So then they're dreaming. Most people go, I would really love to have better health as I get older. But then you ask them what they've done and they just don't do anything. When you ask people about their mental health and you go, what decisions do you make every week in order to improve and optimize your mental health? They look at you with a blank stare on their face because they're not really doing too much. So if you want to live above the average or mediocre line and you're sick of living in the mediocre zone or whatever it is, then you've got to start focusing on optimization. How do I optimize my business? How do I optimize my life? How do I optimize myself? How do I optimize the way I make decisions and choices and all that shit? Because one bad decision can cost a lot of money versus the other way around, which is I'll deal with things when they become a problem, which keeps you in that average zone. Anyway, Driven Mofos, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let me know if you've enjoyed this episode, hit me up on any of my socials. Jump across to my Instagram thread, which is michaelmojo00 on Instagram. You can find me on there. Send me a message. Let me know if you've really enjoyed this episode about the decision-making because I'd really love to hear from you. And also, if you've got any questions or anything that you want answered in business or especially in the area of human behavior and optimizing performance, I would love to hear from you. Just shoot me what question you have. And I'd love to do a podcast about it and answer your question on the podcast. If you want me to keep the question private, I'm more than happy to do that. Just let me know. I'd love to hear from you. So jump across to any of my social media platforms, michaelmojo00 on all social media platforms. On Instagram, the O's and zeros are swapped around just because some dickhead hacked my account. If you just type in michaelmojo00, my account will pop up. And then shoot me through a question or let me know if you've enjoyed this episode around decision-making. I would really love to hear from you. I actually really enjoy hearing from people when you enjoy these episodes. Please don't be afraid to shoot me a message and let me know. Anyway, Driven Mofos, have a great day. Keep kicking ass, keep pushing hard, and make better decisions on the life that you want, not the shit that you're trying to avoid consistently in your life because of the poor decisions that you consistently make. Have a great day, keep kicking ass, and I look forward to you joining me back here once again for another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. 